All right, let's open to the book of Acts again, chapter 26, Acts chapter 26. We read the actual account of Paul's salvation, conversion. And now here in Acts chapter 26, Paul is standing before the Roman king. Remember the Lord said that he would do that. He said, I've sent you to preach before kings. He's standing before Caesar Augustus Agrippa, and the governor of Caesarea, a man named Festus. And as he did everywhere he stood and before whomever he stood, he tells the story of how the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him, how the Lord had chosen him, how the Lord spoke to him, and how the Lord revealed himself to him. He had the same message everywhere he went. It doesn't matter who he was standing before, the common people or kings, he had one message. He told them what Christ, who Christ was and what he'd done for him. And that's all I have to tell. That's the only message this puny Paul has to tell. And God must do for every one of us what he did for Paul. All right? Let's read verses 9 through 11 here in Acts 26. Paul is talking... speaking before the king, and he said, I verily thought with myself, I used to think that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them, my witness. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them, forced them to blaspheme, being exceedingly mad against them. I persecuted them even under strange city. What Paul's saying there is, I thought I knew God. I was religious. thought I was serving God. But I didn't know the true and living God because I didn't know Christ. And I hated even, even the sound of this Jesus. And all who believed that he was the Christ, the Son of God, I hated them too. And I persecuted them. Verse 12. Verse 12. Now, whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, He was on his road to Damascus. He was on his religious journey. He was serving the Lord. He didn't even know the Lord. In a minute he asked him, who are you? But he's serving the Lord. He's on his religious journey. Going to do great works for the Lord. He was religious, but he was lost. You see that? He was religious, but lost. Serving a God, but it was the wrong one. He was against Christ. Read on. Verse 13. 
At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun, shining round, shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. There was a light that shone around about Paul, the scripture said. And a voice, a voice spoke to Paul. Now, Paul wasn't seeking the Lord, was it? Saul, the old man, the old man, Saul, was not seeking the Lord. He wasn't interested. He hated Jesus Christ. Is this your story? This is this Saul's story. Saul wasn't seeking the Lord. He hated it. Didn't want anything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. And didn't, didn't want anything to do with those who did. He wasn't seeking the Lord. He wasn't calling on the Lord. But now the Lord had chosen him. Who chose who? Did Paul choose Jesus? Huh? Did he accept Jesus? <laughs> The Lord had chosen Paul. That's what he said, didn't he, over there? He's a chosen vessel. That's what he said to Ananias, wasn't it? You go preach to Paul, uh, Saul. He's a chosen vessel. I've chosen him. He didn't choose me. I chose him. God, Christ had chosen him. And so he called him. Because who he did foreknow, he did predestinate. And whom he did predestinate, he called him. He called Paul. Saul. Call him by his old name. Saul. Saul. Just like Simon. Simon. Sinner. Jacob. Look at Galatians with me. Look at Galatians chapter 1 very very quickly. Galatians 1. Paul later on is writing to the church at Galatia. And he says this. He recounts again. He's recounting what happened to him. Here in Galatians, again, he tells his story. And listen to it. It's quite different than what people say happened to them. Galatians 1, look at it again. Verse 15 and 16. Or verse 14. He said, I was in the Jews' religion and profited by it. I made a lot of money. And I was rich and famous. Everybody liked me and... I was zealous, I was exceedingly zealous of the traditions. Oh, I kept to the traditions, I was zealous, I never missed a service, and uh, I was a good Christian, buddy. Didn't know God. Read on. But he said, but now when it pleased God. When is a man or a woman or a young person saved? When they finally accept Jesus? Paul said, when it pleased God. He wasn't seeking the Lord. It's the same way with every, one, every single one God saved. They're not seeking the Lord. Not interested. Is that right? Is that your story? You weren't interested. Were you? I wasn't. Saul wasn't either. He said, but when it pleased God. But it pleased God, read on, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me. See, salvation's of the Lord. 
Christ chose Paul. Christ uh, uh, separated him. Christ called him by his own voice. And Christ revealed himself in him. Not to him. In him. In him. Go back to the text now. Acts 26. Now, Paul did not hear, uh, accept some Jesus at an altar after some silly preacher. Ananias didn't ask Paul a question, did he? Did he? Ananias did not ask Paul one question. Paul, would you like to... Now, you know you're a sinner. He didn't take him down to Rome's road. <laughs> no, sir. He just declared what God had done and who Christ was. Paul saw and heard a sovereign Lord on the throne. And this sovereign Lord, he did, he, though he didn't know who he was at first, he knew whoever it was that knocked him off his high horse and put his face in the dust. He's, he's God. He's the Lord. And he was trembling. Notice said there in chapter 9, he was trembling. But our Lord said in verse 14, look at this, in Acts 26, verse 14. The Lord said to him, it's hard for thee to kick against bricks. It's hard for thee to kick against the bricks. Now, someone can, if a man talks us into a profession of faith, if someone in an emotional state, you know, we accept Jesus or run down front and so forth and make a profession and go through all of that, uh, later on we can just lay it down. Forget it. I'm going to do something else. But now when the Lord Jesus Christ has set His purpose to save someone. There's no bucking, no kicking, no going back. It's when the Lord does something, whatever the Lord does is forever. And when the Lord does it, <laughs> it's hard to kick against it. You remember the story, our Lord telling the disciples to go into town and find a, a donkey. They called it a wild ass's colt. He said that on purpose. There's a wild ass's colt. I mean, a young stud horse that no man has ever ridden on. You remember that story? Now, people, if you've ever been around horses, there ain't nothing wilder or meaner or will kill you quicker than a young stallion. And our Lord said this on purpose. You go into town and you'll find there an ass and her foal, a wild ass's coat. You go get it. I'm going to ride it. I'm going to get on that horse. I'm going to ride into Jerusalem. No man's ever ridden on it. I'm going to get on it. And he's not going to kick a hoof. He's not going to buck me off. I'm going to get on him. You see the picture there? It's hard for you to kick. 
So if a man is, you know, if a man in an emotional, you know, some smooth-tongued fellow talks you into, later on you can just, you know, somebody else talk you out of it. But now when the Lord is working on somebody, you don't kick. You don't, you don't kick, you come. You submit, you bow. And he rides you. And you, you, you submit to the yoke, and you wear it the rest of your days. No bucking, no kicking. Willing in the day of his power. It's hard for you to kick against the prick. Well, verse 15. Look at it. Verse 15 in Acts 26. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou? Now, Paul knew, Saul knew it was the Lord God talking. He knew it was God speaking to him. But he didn't know who God is. Who are you? He knew it was the Lord speaking. God speaking to me. And he didn't know who God was. Who are you, Lord? And look at what he said. Verse 15. I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Paul thought Jesus was dead. Well, they killed Jesus. Well, he's just a man. He's not God. All these people say he's God. All these people say he's the Lord. All these people say he's the Christ. He's not God. He's just a man like I am. I hate him too. Who are you, Lord? He knew it was God talking to him. Who are you? I'm Jesus. This man named Jesus is none other than Lord God Almighty. He's not just a man, and he's not dead. Now, in Acts chapter 9, it said Paul was started trembling. I mean, literally trembling. Why? Because he knew that this Jesus... Whom he stood before? This Jesus that he rejected before. That he was in his hands now. That he's the sovereign Lord God of the universe. That he could snuff him out right then and there. You have persecuted me and killed my people. I'm Jesus. You thought I was dead? You thought I was just a man? I'm God on the throne. And this silly religious generation, Jesus this and Jesus, I don't see any trembling people in the presence of the Lord. I see all kind of people here. Accepting him. What will you do with Jesus? Oh, we like him. When they hear of this sovereign one that you're hearing right now, who does as he will with him. You know Paul was thinking that. You know he was thinking that. He was thinking, this is, this is the one that I was against. This is the one I hated. This is the one I thought was just a man. I thought he was dead. And I hated his people that believed in this. He can kill me right now. 
This is the Lord that killeth or maketh alive, that wounds and heals, that raises up or casts down. This is God, not just some Jesus. This is God. And he was shaken all over. Now, that's what God does to every, every single son of Adam that he deals with. When they come in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't that, Paul didn't bargain. <laughs> oh, if you'll give me a new job, Jesus, I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you. He started trembling. And the only thing Paul said was, what are you going to do with me? What will you have me to do? No bargains. If you, if Lord, if you, if you just spare me now, I'll serve you the rest of my life, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll quit my meanness, and I'll do this. I'll be in every service from here on out. You know, bargain with somebody whose your life is in their hands. You just say, well, "What are you going to do with me? You can kill me. You can let me live." You don't bargain with a king. You don't make agreements with kings. You wait and listen what they have to say. What will you have me to do? He was trembling. Now look at verse 16. And the Lord said to him, Rise. <laughs> he fell at his feet as a dead man, didn't he? And he said, Rise. Stand upon thy feet. I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. I have a purpose. A purpose which I purposed before the world began. A purpose which I will work out according to my will and purpose. I have come to you. I have chosen you. I'm now speaking to you and I'm going to reveal to you who I am and my purpose. I will and you shall. Purpose. I have a purpose. Read on. And he said, to make thee a minister and witness both of these things which thou hast seen. What did he see? What did he see? He saw Christ. Matter of fact, he, but he was blinded by this light. He couldn't see anything from then on but Christ. That's the reason he said later on, I'm determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ. He knew a lot of things before, didn't he? The law, he was a Pharisee. But he said after that, after he saw Christ, In all his glory, he said, Christ is all. And he's all I'm going to tell from this day forward. Preach him. He said, our Lord said to him, I'm going to make you a minister. I have purpose to make you a minister. Now, Paul, before this, when Paul was a young man, when Paul became, uh, when he graduated from high school, 18, 19 years old, he decided to enter the ministry. Paul decided to enter the ministry. He wanted to be, his mother wanted him to be a preacher, and his dad, who was a Hebrew, he wanted him to be a good uh, rabbi and a Pharisee. So, and uh, he didn't want to, he wanted to be a race uh, chariot driver. 
<laughs> but now his mom and dad want out. So they said, Paul, you're going to go to the school of Gamaliel. No, I don't want. I want to go to Rome University. No, you're not. You're going to the school of Gamaliel. You're going to be a good preacher, boy. So he did. He went to seminary. School of Gamaliel. He entered the ministry. He decided to serve God from that day. That sound familiar? That's exactly what happened. Paul decided to enter the ministry. All right? Years went by. He was running around, not planting churches, killing them. <laughs> How many men have done this? Saul's of Tarsus had their band. Ask every preacher that stands in this pulpit who was preaching before the Lord revealed the truth to him. He'll tell you. Just like Saul. I entered the ministry. But now a man enters the ministry when God makes him a minister. Christ said, I had purpose to make you a minister. Now I'm going to put you in the ministry, Paul. <laughs> what is the ministry, Lord? Paul said this in several places. Acts chapter 20. Well, turn back real quickly, would you? Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Paul, our Lord said, I have purposed to put you into the ministry, to deliver you, to send you, to put you in the ministry. Paul is going to be a minister now. Look at verse 20 and 21. Paul is talking to the... Ephesians, and he says, I've kept back nothing profitable unto you, have showed you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to Jews and also to Greek, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, none of these things move me, all the trouble that I'm in and I'm going to die because of it. Now, I don't count my life dear unto myself. I'm going to finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Now, I'm in, now he's in the ministry. He's going to go and preach the gospel of the grace of God. He's not going to dance a dance. He's not going to form a quartet. He's not going to have clowns for Jesus. He's not going to have a bus ministry or a youth ministry or a singles ministry or this ministry or that ministry, but a gospel preaching ministry. Nothing more and nothing less. Paul said, I'm determined to do one thing, preach the gospel. When you're in the ministry, that's what you do. You're a minister of the gospel. And anybody that's in the ministry, that's all they do. What kind of ministry do you have? Do you have a single? I have to hear these questions all the time. Do you have a singles ministry? I have a daughter who needs a good husband. Your daughter needs Christ. She doesn't need some honorary husband. She had one. She had three. Well, she need another one of those for. She needs to know Christ. And no Christ is all, it's all, it won't matter whether you're married or unmarried. Trying to marry people to Christ. Singles ministry. Youth ministry. What are you doing for your youth? 
We're, we're preaching the gospel to them, hoping that God will put the yoke on them in their youth. That God will reveal himself to them. If they grow up to be whatever, if they don't know Christ, it's all in vain. They're dead while they live. There's one ministry. One ministry. The ministry of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. The gospel. It doesn't say anything else is the power of God. God doesn't use anything other than the preaching of the gospel. Romans 1.16 says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Our Lord told his creatures, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It's pretty black and white, isn't it? Preach the gospel. That's it. Preach the gospel. What is the gospel? It's not a what, it's a who. It's not a system. It's not a plan. It's not a Roman's road. It's a who. Paul heard the gospel. What did he hear? He heard a who. He heard Christ. He heard a sovereign Lord who is God. Jesus wasn't trying to be God if Paul would let him. Was he? Jesus didn't say, Paul, I want to be. I'm trying to be. I've... If you let, he heard who God Christ is, and why he did it, and why why he came, and what he did, and where he is now. The gospel is who Christ is, person and work of Christ. Verse eighteen. Let's. I got to hurry. Now, Paul said this, or our Lord said this to Paul. Verse 16, let's go back there. He said, I have purpose to make you a minister and a witness of the things which thou hast seen. If a man's really seen Christ, he'll preach Christ. That's it. <laughs> Bottom line. And things in which I will appear unto thee. Things which I will appear unto you. Did you see that, Jenny? Things, you're going to preach things which I will yet appear unto you. I will yet reveal more of myself to you. You see that? Not politics, not social issues. Christ is the issue between God and man. Verse 17. And I'm delivering thee from the people. (laughs) They tried to kill him everywhere he went. Couldn't. Why? Why? He had to finish his course. The purpose that God sent him to. Read on. From the Gentiles and to whom I now send thee. Oh, he went into towns, various towns, and Roy, they, the whole town got in an uproar. They stirred up the most religious women in town, and they hated what Paul was preaching so bad. And they ascended on him, but they couldn't kill him. They couldn't silence him. Time wasn't up yet. He had to preach the gospel. They put him in prison. They thought we've silenced him now. <laughs> oh, you have, have you? And God's word's not bound. God put him in prison to write the epistles. Well, he said, now here, here's the, here's the uh, verse I want to dwell on for a few more minutes, all right? 
Verse 18. Now this is what God did to Saul. And this is what Ananias, through the preaching to Saul, this is what happened to, to Saul. And Paul sent out to preach, and Paul says here, this is what's going to happen to you, to us. These things right here. Happened to Saul, and it happens to all whom the gospel sent to. Verse 18. I'm going to send you, and he can't preach unless he's sent. He said. I'm going to send you, verse 18, to open their eyes. I'm going to send you to preach the gospel, to open their eyes. You remember what happened to Saul? And Ananias, what was the first thing that Ananias said? Saul, Saul, the Lord hath appeared unto thee, that thou mayest receive thy sight. He received his sight. He was blind, wasn't he? He was blind. And you know, every one of us are born blind. We're born blind. Are we born... We... It's, isn't it significant that a little child, when it's first born, is actually blind? they got their eyes closed. They can't see a thing. And physicians will tell you that even though they have them open, they can't see. You know that? They can't see. Little puppies, kittens, all of them. Blind. Everything born blind. That's very significant. God's Word is so perfect. We're all blind by nature. We can't see God. Everybody's looking after Him. Paul said they're feeling after Him. Trying to find God. Find Him here. Find Him there. Can't see ourselves. Can't see into your heart. Can't see as God sees. Can't really see what's going on around us. Wednesday night we saw how the people are dropping like flies around us. 5,000 people died in New York and everybody got upset. People, there have been hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people die since September 11th. Dropping like flies all around us. Why? And men don't look up. Men aren't even looking up. The obituaries are full. Every day the obituaries are full. Men don't see. Don't see. Like cattle. Cows, pigs, beasts. All they think eating and sex. That's it. They don't see cows being taken away to the slaughter. They went old Billy Bob. Where'd he go? I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. You hear old Joe died the other day. Old Bill died the other day. Old Sarah Sue died the other day. Oh, did you? Don't see. They're blind. Blind to death. God's Word. Clear. Isn't it clear? It just clearly describes what, who He is, what we are, and what's going on, and happening all around us, prophesying to the T everything that has happened. Sent by God, open their eyes. And you know the first thing they 
realize when they have their eyes open? You know what the first thing they realize is? I was blind. <laughs> huh? That blind man, Brother Steve, that blind man, the Lord healed, was the first thing he said. I once was blind. Open their eyes. They're blind. Read on. Verse 18. And to turn them from darkness to light. Our Lord said this in John chapter 3. Christ Jesus said this in John chapter 3. He said, this is the condemnation. That... Light is coming to this world. But men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds are evil. What do people, when do people do most of their sinning, most of their meanness, most of their evil? When do they do it? Darkness. They want to be seen. People don't come to hear the gospel, this gospel. The gospel, what I'm saying right now, don't come to hear people. Why are you getting? Why are they getting further and further away from this? You know, this is light. This is light. This is light. This is revealing. This reveals who God really is. Especially the Old Testament. Let's do away with that. Men love darkness. They don't like that. That's what our Lord says. They don't come to the light. It'll show their evil deeds. It will reveal their self-righteousness. Nicodemus came by night. That, self, that Pharisee came by night. They didn't want anybody to see him. But now our Lord said, Now he that doeth truth cometh to the lights, that his deeds might be... Are you with me? Are you with me? Turn them from darkness to light. I see it in the faces of people all the time. Darkness. I'm not interested in that. That's darkness. Ignorance is bliss. No, it's not. It's it's death. Look at the next thing in our text. Verse 18. Turn them from the power of Satan unto God. I'm my own man. Oh, are you? I'm a liberated woman. (laughs) I do my own thing. Oh, do you? Our Lord said they are taken captive by Satan at his will. That's what Jesus Christ, who cannot lie, said. They're all captives. Let me ask you. Let me ask us. What determines what we wear, how we walk, how we talk, where we go, what we do, what we think, what we act, how we look? What is it? What is it? We our own? Do we actually do our own thing, or is something else influencing us? This world. Our Lord called him the God of this world, who uses these things to manipulate his subjects and his servants. I know what she likes. Here, honey. I know what he likes. We're manipulated. We're captives by nature. The lust of the flesh, did you read that? Eve, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, sin, world, religion, ignorance, superstition, darkness, fears, we're 
we're absolute captives to this world and everything in it. Christ said, I'm going to set them free. Set them free. And I'm going to listen to the Word. Everything I say is contrary to it. It's absolutely opposite. And I'm going to listen to the Word from then on. I'm going to set them free. They're not going to tremble when they hear about terror. They're going to fear me. They're not going to fear man. They're not going to fear death worse than anything. They're going to fear missing Christ whose life. Death will have no sting. Though they walk through the valley of the shadow of it, they'll fear no evil. But I'll be with them. I'll deliver them. I'm their deliverer. I'm the captain of their salvation. I've set them free. And I'm going to listen to what... It doesn't matter who it is. And I'm going to listen to what they have to say. They're listening to me. A stranger's voice they'll not listen to. It. They've heard my voice. And now from that day forward, who is he that condemneth? Who shall lay anything to charge of God's elect? Whom shall I fear? What shall I be afraid? God hath said. They're my subjects. They know I'm in charge. For the power of Satan unto my power. Verse 18, read on. It says, And that they might receive forgiveness of sins. <laughs> the goodness of God leads us to repentance of sin, and the gospel of Christ grants forgiveness. Forgiveness of sin. Nobody's even talking about sins anymore. There aren't many sinners. Let me remind you of something that our Lord said. It was a tower that fell on a bunch of people. Just like World Trade Center. Years before, there was a tower that fell and killed a bunch of people. And the people couldn't understand. Everybody's asking why, 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 why. And our Lord said, do you think they were sinners worse than anybody else? He said, I say unto you, and he was saying this to his disciples, except you all repent, you're all going to perish. God toppled that tower over on those people. And he said to every one of them, his disciples included, except you repent, you're going to die. Forgiveness of sins is our need, not some sugar daddy named Jesus. The issue between us and a holy God, a just and a righteous God, who will by no means clear the guilty, is our sins that are ever before us and separate us from our God. What are we going to do about it? There's nothing we can do about it. Only Christ can put them away. And there's complete forgiveness of sins, though, through Jesus Christ and only through Jesus Christ. All that come to God by Him. Complete, utter, eternal forgiveness of sins. Tell them that. Sin's the issue, and I've taken care of it. <laughs> There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ. They're still sinners, yes, but they're not going to perish. The building may fall on them, but they're not going to perish. They're going to live eternally. Because I live. Read on. And to give them an inheritance. An inheritance among them which are sanctified... I'm going to give them an inheritance. They're going to be of that blessed number. 
They're going to be gathered with the saints. That's what sanctified me. They're going to be gathered with the saints in glory someday. How? Because they were better than anybody else? They were more faithful than anybody else. No. They're sanctified. They're separated. They're given this inheritance, verse 18, by faith that's in me. Just by trusting me. And I gotta, I'm going to give them that. That faith is not of their sales. Paul didn't decide to believe. The Lord said, you can't kick against the bricks, can you? I've chosen you. Now, you do believe me, don't you, Paul? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I close with these verses, 27 through 29. Let's, let's, close. let's read these together in closing, all right? Now, Paul is standing before King Agrippa. He just told all this. The Lord told him that he was going to send him to do all this. To the preaching of the gospel. Just like Ananias, that's what happened to Saul. Ananias preached to him. All those things happened. So Paul was going out preaching. He preached. We just heard it. It happened to me. Blind, now I see Turn from darkness to light. From the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of His dear Son. Grant repentance and faith. Forgiveness of sins. Apart. Apart with the saints in life. Look at that. Now, Saul is, uh, Paul is preaching to Agrippa. And he says, verse 27, King Agrippa, you believe the prophets? I know you believe. I know you believe. Then King Agrippa said unto him, this is something. He said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Paul knew he couldn't persuade him. Nobody could persuade Paul. It took Christ himself, didn't it? But Paul said this, I would to God. Paul says, I, I, I call on God. I would to God. I, I appeal to God. I'm hoping to God that not only you, Everybody that hears me this day were both almost and yeah, all together <laughs> like I am. Except, except these bonds. I don't want you in prison, but oh, I hope. And I'm calling on God to blind you and then give you sight. Shine the light on you. Call on you. You know that you remember the story back there. It said uh, that they all, all, everybody that was with Paul, everybody that was with Saul on that road, heard a voice. Didn't it? every one of them heard a voice? They heard it. Everybody in here has heard that book. 
Everybody in here heard the same thing. But it says they saw no man. But Nancy, our Lord spoke to Saul. Personal Saul. Saul, you didn't speak to the other guy. Saul. So Paul said, oh, I would to God that he'd speak to you, old Agrippa. I can't persuade you. Just tell you what he's done for me. Oh, but if God works, you can't get. <laughs> Thank God. So let's sing. Uh, let's sing a closing hymn, and I can't think of a better one than two thirty-six. Two hundred thirty-six. Saul of Tarsus would have loved to sing this song. Oh, he is. He's singing it right now. Two thirty-six. Stand with me. Two hundred thirty-six. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm.